everyone, and welcome to our His Dark Materials podcast on Swizzbold and Bald Move. I'm your host, Cecily. I'm your co-host, Alexis. And today we are covering episode six, Malice. Mm-hmm. This is the penultimate episode, meaning that there's only one left next week. Uh, Alexis, what did you think about this episode? I was reading through my notes before we started, trying to sort of remember what this episode was all about because I watched it like days ago. Mm-hmm. And all I all I remembered, literally all I remembered, was Mrs. Coulter. Yeah. And her whole situation. <laughs> her whole thing she's got going her on. Her whole her whole very complicated emotional structure. What did you think of it? I liked it. I liked it a lot. There was a lot of uh, a lot of action, lots of moving parts. Everyone's getting in place for our final showdown. Yep. Um, yeah, I thought this thought this was great. This is it's kind of surprising to me. We'll get into it later, but it's surprising to me what the witches know and what they don't. And uh, they have. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here with my own my very own demon who's not as vocal as yours. No, she's not. But she was staring right at me she was i I felt like i had to wave so i was definitely listening to what you said (laughs) (laughs) sorry uh let's talk about let's talk about the episode yeah Um, let's do it okay so first i want to talk about what's going on over at the magisterium so fra pavel has read the alethiometer (laughs) under duress (laughs) (laughs) and he kind of motions to his shoulder as if he's been beaten for something like this before uh as i don't know i i don't know if i think he, he might be i think he might be making a reference to the self flagellation Flagell- yeah. that they do because we definitely saw uh father mcphail or cardinal sorry excuse mm-hmm. me cardinal mcphail doing that before right are you referring to the fire in the hand thing oh yeah the thing that I might, you know what i might have been thinking of angels and demons okay <laughs> <That's> not- <laughs> getting that sorry. mixed up with Unrelated, dan brown yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, no, we definitely saw the cardinal do something like that to atone for his own sins, to hold his hand over the candle, and Mrs. Coulter certainly does that exact same thing in this episode, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, he Fra Pavel tells the cardinal that Mrs. Coulter is in another world chasing Lyra. At first, he tells him what Mrs. Coulter asked him to ask the alethiometer, and that is, who is Lyra Balakwa? And the answer to that is uh, a girl with another name, and the witches know it. Her name is her destiny. She will be the one who brought about our downfall, the mother of us all, and the cause of all sin. So what is her name? Eve? Lyra Eve? <laughs> or just straight up Eve. I, I mean, that's what we have to assume after all of that. There's only one person who is tempted by a serpent, I think. Right. We know the name Lyra Balakwa. We know the name Lyra Silvertongue. They're getting at something bigger here. Uh, I think so. Or m- more reductive. <laughs> However you choose to look at it. Uh, also says that if she's tempted by the serpent, it is likely she will fall and dust and sin will triumph. Uh, that, you know, Mary Malone seeing the snake in her readings or maybe not seeing it it coming up as more of a cobra and less like boreal snake and you know the serpent thing here i kind of thought that was a boreal i thought it was as simple as you know boreal's snake and he would be the one to chase her and you know present some opposition but 
Mm-hmm. After this episode is definitely not the case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. Or Somebody dies. <laughs> need not fear that snake, at least. <laughs> right. Um, so the cardinal consults the rest of the magisterium and says that the authority himself has spoken and there is a new direction. A threat so grave in nature, the world has only seen it once before. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing that. He doesn't talk like that. <laughs> So they sent- Eve 2, the sequel to Eve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eve 2, the 2 to Eve to to Apple, I don't know. Steve Steve 2? Yeah, Steve 2. Sorry. <laughs> Steve two. Eve 2.0 is Steve. Uh, <laughs> Adam and Eve, not yeah. Adam and Steve, something something. Take that magisterium. Uh, electric boogaloo is what I was trying to get to, but it doesn't matter. Uh so he sent some troops through the anomaly. And that the first to partake of this great sacrifice will be the child, Lyra Balakwa. Yep. That's all we've got. Just a little, just some light kid murder. Just a little bit. You know, I don't know if we've ever talked about this in the podcast before, probably in the first season, but the guy playing the Cardinal is Lyra, the actress's Daphne Keene's real life father. Oh, yeah. We did talk about that, but I forgot. And now I remember. That's... Wow, yeah. that's funny. It's got to be fun, you know, running lines together at home, <laughs> talking about killing your own daughter. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that would be a fun family dynamic for them. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, so the next the next point I want to talk about here is Mary Malone arriving in Chiricatze shortly after Lyra and Will escape, maybe the next morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, she... First interprets some I Ching readings near-ish the tower as we get this ominous look up at the Tower of Angels. Then she explores the beach that we saw Lyra and Will arrive at for their first time getting here. And mm-hmm. the uh, the children of the city are watching and see that the angels are drawn to her. And I missed this in the first watch, but this angel specter dust ghost thing Actually, it takes the form of a traditional imagining of an angel, wings. Yeah, it had the, exactly, the human body and the the wings that you think of. Yeah. Not only are angels drawn to her, but specters aren't bothering her for some reason. Not even, you know, sniffing at her. Yeah, she's just like hanging out like a person Mm -hmm. in a normal city. Like a non-adult person, yeah. Like a (laughs) non-adult person, sure. Mary explores a little bit more and finds, you know, she knows that Angelica or and, and Paola have been following her. She calls them out and offers them a protein bar <laughs> with the same same promise that she gave to her nieces and her niece and nephew that it's full of sugar. It's so bad, which I think is adorable <laughs> about her. She yeah. learns about the specters, kind of. And Angelica and Paola reveal that they're upset with Lyra, tried to kill her, but she escaped with a witch. Mary has so many questions, I'm sure, but she's taking it all in stride. Paula asks Mary for a hug and to look after them. And uh, I thought this was going to be some form of manipulation, which it still might be. Right. I was expecting a hug and her looking over her shoulder at her sister like, wink, you mm-hmm. know. But it seems like they still respect the authority of adults. Yes. And I think this is also, sorry, go ahead. No, they're especially drawn to an adult who is immune from the specters and has angels mm-hmm. around her, which I don't know. They didn't explicitly say whether or not Angelica and Paola could see those angels around her or just not seeing the specters. 
And this is also where we learned that the some of the adults, I would say probably the vast majority of the adults from Chitagatse are in the hills. Yes. They aren't all dead. Yes. So running away does work. Which is interesting. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but I also, you know, want to mention that the specters aren't exclusive to the city. We know that for sure because they attack mm-hmm. later the Lyra and Will and the witches. Uh, so they tr- they go to leave because she uh, Mary says that she's on a mission, and she instead asks them to come with her so she can find their adults. <laughs> I love her accent. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very good. I'm wondering. I know this is. I don't I don't know if this will lead to any greater point, but I am curious why the kids are so beat up. I feel like they're much more beat up and scratched and kind of bloody and ragged than they were the first time that Lyra and Will met them. Maybe I'm just not remembering correctly. No, they definitely seem rougher. I I'm not really sure what's happening with them. Maybe they're getting I don't know, maybe more desperate now that Lyra and Will have come around and they're definitely ready to murder without a thought. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Maybe they're just getting into more fights. Yeah. Asking Lyra, or I'm sorry, asking Mary, was it wrong to want to kill her? (laughs) It's like Lord of the Flies down there. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. There was a total, well, I guess we'll get to that, but there was a total Lord of the Flies moment in uh, Lyra and Will's part of the story. Yes. Okay, let's put a let's put a pin in that. Well, until next episode, that's all Mary's got. Uh, I want to talk about Mrs. Coulter and Boreal crossing over. Uh, tell me why I'm getting such strong Fred Johnson vibes from Boreal, and it's not oh. it's not just because he's black. I think it's that suit that he's wearing, like that jacket, is very spacesuity. Yes. It's, you know, he's very much like Fred Johnson in that he's he's a very clever authority on things, mm-hmm. but he's very unlike Fred Johnson in that he hides immediately when danger comes around. <laughs> and he's a bit of a bastard, yeah. Yes. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, we're making a reference to the, the show or books, The Expanse. Oh, yeah. Um, so anyway, they, they arrive there and they find a specter victim slash zombie and, you know, they speculate that severing seems to be a lot stronger than the cutting process. So Mrs. Coulter has got some dangerous new ideas for when she returns home. Uh, Maybe she can yeah, use her powers to bottle up a specter. God. She says she can learn from the specter's technique. Mm-hmm. Sure. More effective. That's gross. 100% less deadly. And, you know... It's it's fine. They're fine. They're got a, you know. I I've seen them collecting water. They're fine. They're, <laughs> I've seen them poorly collecting water. <laughs> they can have a very, you know, fulfilling life after cutting or severing. Definitely. So they're kind of looking around. Mrs. Coulter finds a store with some potions and mischief in it, which I wrote a question mark here, but that is obviously resolved quickly afterwards. Uh, mm-hmm. Boreal watches as her monkey starts to notice the specters before he does. And Mrs. Coulter goes out to greet them as Boreal hides immediately. Yeah, of course he does with that big crack in the door. Like, yeah, okay, <laughs> you're you're really keeping dust out with that one inch airspace right there. Right. Yeah, I love that. It's more. I think it's more like a she. She's a human shield, right? 
she's gonna walk out and greet it and uh, they are still dispelled by the power the power of mrs coulter her fashion Mm -hmm. her her mind control her inner mind control something like that they they're they're not gonna touch that maybe that's just the soul they don't want (laughs) Maybe it's her lack of connection to her demon that she was able to suppress so long ago. I I think that has a lot to do with it because we see her demon kind of chilling out. Like he was he was freaking out at first, right? And then yeah. she she does whatever mind tricks she does and he just sits there staring as she saunters up to these swirling dementor terrifying things it's just like yeah i own you now go this way and go that way (laughs) it's kind of amazing yeah it's amazing it's a very badass moment and now i don't know like okay so maybe she's not a witch she doesn't have any cloud pine right not that we've seen although i don't know that we've really seen yeah arms i don't yeah i don't think we've ever seen her without full garb Hmm. but you're right the other option is she could be a shaman but I think to be a shaman, you have to have a hole drilled in your head. So maybe not. I mean, it seems very much like if I'm just using the context clues here, Asriel knows about witches. He mm-hmm. he wrote some of the books that piss off Serafina. Uh, there's been mentions of Mrs. Coulter being a witch before. So it's uh, it could be that she went to go study with them or she was... I don't think you're born into it, right? It's something that you go and choose to do when you go to the island. They described the process so. earlier in the season. I'm I'm blanking on the specific details, but is yeah, there's was her mother a witch? Was she meant to be a witch and she bailed? That uh, see, that was what I was thinking because you, you can't help but notice her monkey doesn't have wings, <laughs> and literally every witch has a bird demon. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it had to that all about before adolescence. Right, yeah. And when they saw that her demon settled as a monkey, they're like, oh, no. Oh, oh we can't with you. You yeah. can't fly. Not with the monkey. I mean, <laughs> I guess you can. But you're going to need, like, a harness, and it's going to be a whole thing. <laughs> it's going to wrinkle your clothes. You're going to hate it. And she said, fuck it. I choose airships. <laughs> <laughs> so drunk on power, they decide to celebrate with a couple bottles of something and uh, they talk about how specters can see what makes us human. And Mrs. Coulter is an expert at suppressing herself, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and stupid Boreal wants an equal to share his successes with. <laughs> Which, I mean, how stupid if you didn't. Yeah, he just saw he just saw what he saw. And he's, I don't know, now she's earned equalness in his eyes. Right. Like she yeah. ever wasn't. Because of, I don't know. I assume it's because she's, I mean, yeah, it's because she's a woman. There's absolutely mm-hmm. no other reason. So, um, yeah, and the way she treated him in, like, maybe the last episode or the one before where she says, <laughs> "You, if you had me, you wouldn't know what to do with him, with me, and shut him down so hard. And now right. he's, he's back to, well, we can get together again, right? <laughs> <laughs> so she kisses him. His snake becomes aroused and slithers out of his pants. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. One last boreal I mean, snake joke. <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. But uh, Mrs. Coulter has poisoned his glass and says that he would only hold her back. Foolish for ever thinking they were equals. 
and and she stays there drinking for a long time after that murder. She sure does. Where she does the fire hand thing, too. Yeah, I think that this bothered her more than she was expecting it would. Killing Boreal? Yeah. She seems like she might actually be having some not, you know, not very big regrets because it's still Mrs. Coulter, but I feel like she might be having some feelings about it. Interesting. Because I didn't get that impression that she was bothered Mm. by it at all. I thought maybe she was struggling with her own power you know she's built herself up in her own mind for so long she's you know put this this wall between herself and her demon or her inner self and she's saying that strength is her salvation for her monkey to remember it just uh i don't know yeah but i think maybe she's saying that in response to what she had to do Mm. To move forward, because she was right. He probably would have held her back. Yeah, for sure. He, I mean, he's immediately talking about the city could be ours. She's like, are you kidding me? I could probably have a country or the world if I wanted it. Why would I ever set my sights as low as a city? Right, exactly. Just his, his, his goals are too low. Seems like they were friends for a long time. I think. Yeah, there's and that she, too. She does say something along the lines of goodbye, old friend. Yeah, it feels like they were frenemies for a very long time. Yeah, and I think even even if you have that little part of the relationship where you don't necessarily get along 100%, there's still, you're still going to feel something. Right, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. So let's talk about the witches. There was yeah. this preamble before or as the episode was starting where Ruta Scotty and Serafina Pecola meet and see the angels incoming. And they reveal some some important facts for us. They haven't been visible for over a thousand years or thousands of years. And it was only for war when they were last visible. Mm-hmm. And if the angels are on Asriel's side, now he can do anything. Which they're making a lot of assumptions. Yeah, what I kind think. of what kind of cruel god would send? Does God exist in this world? They refer to him as the authority. The authority. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, what kind of cruel <sighs> authority would side with Asriel? Boy, the third book. Let's third find book in the out. It's <laughs> buck wild. It's going to be amazing. Uh, yeah, we got a piece of feedback about that, but I'll save it. Okay. So Ruta Scotty pledges to bring Asriel back to world A, which is what I'm calling the world that Lyra is from, the one we started our story in. They plan to destroy the Magisterium while Serafina is off to find Lyra. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I just had some stray thoughts about the witches based on this conversation, which you might not have the answers to, but I'm just I'm just asking questions here, okay? <laughs> How much time do witches spend in other worlds to have so much information about angels? If angels don't exist in, you know, world A. 
I I have no idea. I didn't even... I mean, it's interesting that they spend any time in other worlds. Right, because right, the only doorway they had, and, and, well, the only doorway we know they have is the one that Asriel just opened. Because mm-hmm. they all went through that one. Yeah, so is this more of a something that they've discovered through scrying or through magic instead of through actual travel? Yeah. It just, Who knows? Uh, yeah, it, it leaves me with a lot of questions, like, you yeah. know, they have these prophecies that are somehow being conveyed and they maybe the prophecies exist in only the one world and this is kind of a lot of new information for them. It's uh, how many, you know, I mean, the existence of these three worlds imply the ex- existence of so many more. So how could right. the witches have this knowledge of all of them? I don't know. But then we also have to, we have to remember that that guild existed of people who were freely hopping between worlds yeah so if that exists and you have a group of people who have access to you know some pretty impressive magic then i guess it's not too far-fetched to think that they've been over there i mean they don't really seem surprised by like anything (laughs) the witches yeah seem surprised by specters um or maybe they weren't. I mean, one witch was. But <laughs> um, yeah. Fair. Uh, okay, let's talk about Will and Lyra. So going back in time, Lyra gets some water for Will as he's suffering from this infection. And Angelina and Paola, and hey, all the kids in the village that were left mm-hmm. unsupervised, chase her down intending to kill her and Will. Before they're rescued by Serafina Pecola. The kids... Okay. New question about witches. How do the kids know what fucking witches are? I have no idea. Maybe it's a... It could be a folklore kind of thing. Like, how do we know what witches are? Right? Yeah, you're right. I know. Because we don't have any witches. (laughs) We have lots of witches. That's... Yeah. Yeah, lots of. All right, you're proving my point. How do they know what witches are? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Serafina takes him to a safe place and examines Will's hand, tastes the blood to know if it was poison, but it was not. Yeah, but it will require a spell to heal. And so many lichens. (laughs) So many lichens. (laughs) Got to gather the lichens. Which they, lichens, Serafina? There's so many different lichens. Yeah. Do they all work the same? Which lichens in which world? Mmm. Mmm. Mm. <laughs> I like the idea of lichens in this world, though, because you are... Part of your soul is a demon, and you mm-hmm. transform into that demon sometimes. Right? What? Yeah, right? Isn't that how lichens work? Oh, are you thinking lycanthropes? Yeah. Okay. What are you That's talking about? That's the joke you're making. I'm talking about those. Uh, they're not mushrooms, but they look a little bit like mushrooms. They're like dry, crunchy oh, shit. mushrooms. Okay. They grow on trees. Okay, no wonder you were very confused about what I was saying. <laughs> I had to really <laughs> etymologically backtrack on that one. 
It was fun like, watching what? that work happening on your face too. You're like, <laughs> I was trying to think like what I was like, did I make a really good sound point? Like or... <laughs> <laughs> we got there in the end. That's the important yeah. part. Yeah. So Serafina sees the knife and has some questions. Well, uh, Lyra asks or gets some answers from Serafina. You know, she says she's seen witches in books. But Asriel knows what a witch looks like. You know what? That's another good point for Mrs. Coulter being a witch. How did she and Asriel meet? Think that, about it. Think about it. Uh, I don't know why I'm she gesturing wasn't, to the camera. She was an academic, so they could have met academically. They could have, Alexis, but did they? <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> I actually know the answer to that one. Fine. Uh, so... Lyra asks Serafina about Will's safety and, you know, she can't guarantee that, but tells Lyra that they plan to head back to world a in order to heal Will because they have all the lichens and (laughs) got those powerful lichens flora they need. Mm -hmm. So Will resists doing this and asks Lyra to show him what the alethiometer says about where his father is. And he's in the current world. As we all just saw him cross over. Great timing. Yep. And totally believable timing, too. I don't want anyone to think that I'm being uh, critical of the timing here with Mary and Lyra and... No, the the whole gang's showing up. It's go yeah. time. Yeah. We're trying to... We got to move all the, all the pieces to the right place. Yes. So they all... This traveling group takes a break from traveling because Will is not getting any better, but still very determined... So they do this, they cast a spell with the resources that they have there. Serafina expresses some worry about how Will got the knife, but Lyra reassures her by saying that he is, he's the bearer and Serafina trusts Lyra and her tools because of her obstinance and pledges to her again (laughs) to, to help them. Uh, I think maybe Serafina is kind of testing out the prophecy about the boy who's meant to travel with her. By introducing the appropriate amount of doubt. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to That's how prophecies work, though, right? I mean, as soon as there's a boy traveling with you, that automatically becomes the boy. The boy. Yes. It doesn't mention three boys. Right. It says two boys will fail before one prevails. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just the one. And this just journey seems like it's, it's getting to the end. Not the end. It seems like it's a little light to pick up new traveling companions. Yeah. After they do the spell, the healing spell on Will, Serafina asks the alethiometer where to find Will's father. And Lyra says, just just up, just up. (laughs) (laughs) Which I can't imagine on foot that they've gotten that far. So I'm hoping that the witches, and I think I have some suppositions here about how I think the witches did find Lee and Japari. Mm-hmm. Serafina has a talk with Will and she's checking on his wound and takes the opportunity to inform him of Lyra's importance. Or should I say, Kaiza insists that she tell him about the prophecy because <laughs> it seems all but confirmed now. It's confirmed. It's confirmed, right? I mean, it's all there. Yeah. It's all been there so far. 
Lyra and Will have a little heart to heart where she's wondering about Angelica and Paola and talks about the cruelty of children. And Will talks about how, you know, things that we saw in the first season about how kids can be especially cruel when they don't understand and mm-hmm. were cruel to him and his mother. And he just really dreamed about this is really heartbreaking. Dreamed about having friends um, and people he could trust. And he can trust Lyra again, which is, is really sweet. That was very sweet. I liked the imagery of Will being flanked, or not flanked, but being sort of surrounded on both sides by Lyra because yeah. Panda's on one side and Aww. she's on the other. I didn't notice it's very that. Very sweet. Yes. Yeah. Just like a visual hug. Basically. So, yeah, that's great. Serafina then leads the group, once they're mobile again, through a gap in the mountains. And the specters attack and kill the head, or the witch leading the party. Like, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did they, did that witch actually get killed or What she did was, she was in her fight stance and then she just crumpled into a ball. Like, fell to her knees and crumpled into a ball and fell over. So, I think she might be in the zombification stage that we've seen. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, I had earlier in my notes, so I'll ask it again here, can witches be attacked by specters? And that is something very much they need to fear. And it comes on as suddenly as a human attack. Yep. So... I mean, yeah, I assumed that that was the same process being zombified, but I guess we'll see in the next episode. It wasn't. Oh, a... yeah. I was just wondering if Will got to her in time. Not like it oh. matters. We don't even know her name. <laughs> right. Exactly. So which is the other reason why I think she's, you know, essentially dead. Dead. Yeah, sure. Uh, we just needed her her bird demon to fall out of the sky in particles of dust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But that is a huge fear. But the knife is a is a weapon against specters as well. We're assuming that's the only thing, probably that can cut them, because yes. that knife can cut anything. Yes, there is. Uh, actually, this raises another question for me. I know that the knife has a kind of like aura. They mentioned mm-hmm. later that the the specters got really close to the tower, which is how Japari knows that the knife isn't there anymore. Right. So if Will was with this party, I'm surprised that they got that close. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Um, but they know he's got it now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Lee Scoresby and Japari, our our final topic of this episode. They fly through the world opening in the absence of Magisterium guards because of the recent attacks. Mm-hmm. So they are themselves headed to Chitigatsi, which, again, looks like it's on top of the exact same geographical place as the where the opening is in World A, but it's it's not. <laughs> People still have yeah. to travel some way once they cross over. As Lee and Japari are kind of talking in the balloon, a witch or a witch's demon or Japari's own demon drops a feather in the balloon as a message, I believe. Yes, I believe that was a witch's demon that dropped that. Not his own? 
You know, I forgot he had a bird demon. Yeah, so did so I. We got some feedback about that too. Yeah, okay. So Japari claims he can fly by being able to summon an aeronaut, which <laughs> true. <laughs> Fair yeah. point, yeah. Uh, magic is all about misdirection sometimes. <laughs> Their mission, should they choose to accept it, is to find the subtle knife bearer and the bearer's task to protect us all. And that includes Lyra. I like how they keep using Japari as kind of like a spooky Wiki- Wikipedia. Yeah. Or all the, or, uh, oh, what is it? It's just a wiki, I guess. Yeah. Just a fan wiki, yeah. He's a spooky wiki for... <laughs> His dark materials. Oh, is he really? Okay. Yeah, he's he's telling. I don't know. He's just info dumping on Lee all about shamans and yes, shaman, 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 shaman is the plural. Shaman is shaman. 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 Boy. <laughs> ah, whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> So Japari says that he's thinking of his wife and son and feeling closer to them here. For some reason, his magic can't tell him why. Hmm. And you know what? He he hasn't even met Simon Couture. I don't know what that name is. It's It sounded like he said uh, Simon Couture. And that you don't see your own demon in this world. Hmm. So right. I'm thinking... Again, I didn't want to Google this name to get the correct spelling or pronunciation <laughs> because spoilers probably, but you mm-hmm. can't see your demon in this world or the world that you and I inhabit, which is where I think Will is from. It is. And John Perry. Yes, it is interesting that Lyra can still, Lyra and Boreal and everybody could still see their demons. Yeah. It might just be because they... Uh, I was going to say because they're trained to be able to, but no, Will can see Pan. Yeah. So there's an implication so that everyone does have a demon also that they can't see, which is fun. Right. So if Will goes over to Lyra's world, is he going to get his own? If he's already past puberty, does it just assign you an animal? It doesn't get it time to, you know, get to know <laughs> you and <laughs> settle into their shape. Well, the idea, I guess, is that it's already it's been inside you the whole time. Oh, yes. So whenever you like are a lichen. two minds about something, yeah, like a lichen. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love that. Thank you for indulging me in my bullshit. <laughs> I'm happy to. <laughs> I love this scene here where Jopari magics up fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is hilarious you know it's, yes that was a very cute touch it's it's cute it's funny it's tongue-in-cheek but you know i think i think lee's starting to get the gist of how this non-magic magic works i had this practical magic yeah, yeah practical magic Great uh <laughs> i was just thinking that too i was like how am i gonna <laughs> how am i gonna house, tell people actually. how much i love this house this movie nicole the kidman sandra is... bullock the worst. Sandra, or the best, I mean, sorry. The opposite of the worst. <laughs> Sandra Bullock is the best. Nicole, Nicole Kidman, Kidman in this very specific case is the best. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. movie. Go watch it, everyone. If Way you're... better than the book. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I didn't even know there was a book. Yeah, it's based on a book, kind of. I found the book to be very 
<sighs> disorganized. Witch, witch, you're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that the most. Yeah, my mom tried really hard to convince me that they were saying, witch, witch, you're a witch. I'm like, mom, Mm-mm. come Mm-mm. on. I, can I know we're watching this on TNT, but their mouths aren't making the witch sound. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Lee and Jopari arrive as the specters are swarming Coulter, but I don't think they can see that anyone is down there. They just know that the specters are too close to the tower for the knife to be there. And at the same time, the Magisterium airships are crossing the boundary and Jopari tells them to keep flying and to go over the trees as he tosses that same feather to the wind. Hmm. Magic is happening, which he might not be doing himself, but looks cool. <laughs> yeah, he seems very, through this whole scene, did he seem very casual to you? Like maybe too casual? He seems like a guy who has been in enough crisis situations and thrown his hands up and been like, Jesus, take the wheel, that he knows <laughs> that if he's doing the right thing, it'll work out. I guess so. Sure. Right, which is take I, the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> just wonder how much of what is coming he he knows or suspects. Like if he already kind of knows what's going to happen, so he's just like, "Yeah, man, let's just keep going." <sighs> or I I like your theory better though. I like the idea that he just that the authority took the wheel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, sure. it seems like it's. Um... It's the kind of same thing he's trying to, you know, impress upon Lee that this, uh, you know, just a trust in the process or how things work or how things have worked so far, mm-hmm. you know, getting all either we die here or we don't. Maybe maybe he's one of those fatalist type of people that's been been here this long. And if this is how we go, it's how it's meant to happen. He has figure tattoos. I feel like only. Fatalists have finger tattoos. Yeah. Or, I don't know what I'm, what I'm basing that on. I just, that's the impression I get. Facts. Facts, I think. All people who have gotten <laughs> finger tattoos are now dead. Wow. That's a fact. I'm sorry. I know it's disturbing, but it's true. <laughs> Ariana Grande has a bunch of finger tattoos. She just died tonight, actually. Oh. I know. She just R. got R. engaged, so it's really sad, but... The death of her uh, individuality and yeah, yeah, she had a lot of that solace. <laughs> no, that's not the word I'm looking for. Solitude. The death of her solitude. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. It happens. Um, Rihanna's got a bunch of finger tattoos, and she hasn't released an album in years. The death of Rihanna's music career. What the hell, Rihanna? Anyway. <laughs> sorry enough about speculating on celebrity deaths I'm sorry if anyone had to hear that here first uh, Jabari and Will nope I wish they were together though don't we Jabari yeah. and Lee are followed by the Magisterium in their airships that can outrun them so Jabari shamans up a storm that was already brewing hmm interesting but no what he really shamans up are a shit ton of birds who do a full Sully maneuver on the airships. Are you familiar with the story Sully of Sully? Yeah, you you were pronouncing it so strange. I had to, <laughs> I had to stop and think. Sully. 
You're Sully. saying Sully. Sully. I'm like, who is Sully? Sully. Yes. Yes, I am aware. She's <laughs> making fun of my accent in this <laughs> devastating time where tons, thousands of bird lives were lost in this. It's true. In this Explosively. Genocide. So they had three ships, right? Two ships are down now because of the birds. Two ships down, yep. No, one ship is down because of the birds. Well, and there's another. They were thing. turning away. It looks like they were turning away to retreat before one of the members on board sniped their gas canister and they went into free fall. Yeah, I met the Magisterium ships. I oh. have in my notes one of the Magisterium ships goes up in flames, the first one. Yes. I, and I don't know what caused that. The birds. I didn't write down. Flying into the engines. That was the second one. Oh, Two the of the Magisterium ships go down. Oh, well. I and then on the third or... ship. <laughs> Sorry. I'm guessing. Not like it matters. Like, who who gives a shit other than me? Me, I guess. <laughs> Let's just assume <laughs> that two of them got birded to death. And Sure, yeah. They're going down in flames. And then, yeah, like you said, someone, a dead-eyed sniper-type person on the third ship shoots out the gas canister. Yeah. Um, and that explodes. Pretty impressive aim on that single person. Maybe they should have brought him out first. Instead yeah. of the laser guns that couldn't hit shit. Yeah, it's it's bad guy aim, for sure. Bad guy aim. They were suffering from that. Uh, and that's it. That, that is it. Yeah, the it balloon's the going down and fiery whatever. And then the episode just ends. Yeah. It's, uh, that's really high stakes for how we left everyone. Uh, maybe not for Mrs. Coulter. I can't imagine her traveling on foot by herself. Like, how how is she going to keep her clothes and her hair and her nails and her makeup perfectly set? I mean, she will. She'll do it. She'll persevere because she's a survivor. But uh, I'm wondering what her next steps are. I'm I'm probably going to ride a horse based on the way she's dressed. She's definitely. Oh, yeah. Do they like have animals rider. in this world, though? That's a question I mean, I've had, had because the fact that they're so shocked and freaked out by the cat. Yeah, I, that's, I was going to say that. And they said something to the effect of, you don't know what cats are like or something like that in this. Mm. What cats are like here, what animals are like here. Yeah. Hmm. It's also got me wondering what happened to that cat, which I, in my own head assumed and think believed to be true is will's demon mm -hmm. just a thought that the cat is will's demon yes. and will's a witch gotcha no will's not a witch the cat's not a bird <laughs> yeah but we, you'd never see the cat around him the cat followed them through the portal yeah but where's the world. cat now exactly yeah, I, have, I didn't see a single cat in that forest ma'am was he hiding behind a leaf the whole time? Is probably, that what you're... Probably. Okay. All I right. I don't know. Okay. You know okay. You, no one can rationalize what demon <laughs> or what cats think. Uh, that is a fair point. I'm actually kind of surprised <laughs> that Astrid has left me alone for so long. Yeah. Your demon's got nothing to say this episode. Mm. My demon got a, got a chill out pill this afternoon. Oh, really? Because I had to work. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> All right, we've got some we've got some light demon update talk here. Oh, we're down a demon. We're down a demon. No more trials or snake jokes. 
no more. I got our last one in. Our last last one, one in. in. <laughs> sure. Sorry. Stop I making fun of the way I talk. I was just trying to make a flaccid joke because oh. of the way you talk. <laughs> double, I was alley-ooping. So, yeah, I think we already talked about this. We get a better understanding of Mrs. Coulter's relationship with her monkey. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. She can cut off her humanity, which seems buck wild to me. So she could temporarily turn herself into a sociopath, I guess. Yeah, I'd like to see. I should be making a master list of questions for us to go over at the end of the third season. (laughs) Because that's definitely yeah. on there. Like, let's let's walk through everything that Mrs. Coulter has done and, you know, how being a witch has contributed to that. <laughs> She's getting so much more screen time uh, here in the show than she ever did in the book. And it's really nice to see because She's... I maybe didn't appreciate just how complicated of a character she was before. But now we're seeing, I mean, they there will be like one or two lines dedicated to some of these character development moments in the book but in the show we're getting whole scenes and she is the main focus of the scenes that she's in yes just i think it's cool i think the actress ruth wilson really Mm -hmm. commands a lot of presence and i think it's a great idea to if if this what they're doing to expand on her character and give her a lot more time to fill the room that's the thing. They're just they're giving her more time. You see a more nuanced version of her here. Mm-hmm. She feels more like a real person and not just this character that exists to be uh, very pretty and also a liar. <laughs> yeah. Which is basically all she was at the book. Yeah. Yeah. A seductress. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Pan really commits to that red panda life this episode. He is, yeah, he is really staying as a red panda. I'm kind of surprised. I mean, I'm not surprised in terms of production. They they spit all bottle. They want to use it as much as they can. Yeah. Fish is so cute. He was never a red panda in the book, I don't think. Aww. Yeah. So me too. Especially him. He's just super floofy. He's the floofiest version floofy. of a red panda. Yes, he's so round. Yeah, and it's really you, you know, I don't know if this is ever explored, but it's kind of one of those those mysteries. But it, it's really interesting to me that Pan turns into a wolverine when he wants to be aggressive. He can turn mm-hmm. into a bird when he needs to get a better view. But, you know, his preferred traveling form is either the snow ferret or this red panda. Yeah. Doesn't he... He goes uh, as a moth when he's trying to, like, either be quiet or... Be discreet, yeah. When he's kind of scared. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... It's kind of uh, funny. It's kind of ironic in the sense that it's a much more vulnerable form that you take when you are being vulnerable. Right. And then my last my last point here was about the witchiness of Jopari with the feather messages from his bird, a witch's bird, or yeah, what might be his very own demon. Yeah, I did forget that his demon was a bird. It was a brown feather. If that makes it easier, it doesn't. It's does like not. every every bird's brown. Birds are b- bird bird colored, right? 
Yes. <laughs> I can say that with some confidence. So that's all we've got to talk about for the episode this week, but we do have a couple of pieces of feedback. We have three, which came in a little bit after our last recording of our last episode. So a couple of these points are about the scholar. The first one is from Charles. As for the coverage, thank you for returning this season. As a first-time non-Solid watcher, I appreciate some of the insight and the clarity. Not all, but some. And we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> that said, can we talk about witches for a second? It really seems that their power is as powerful as we need them to be. The Magisterium goons see, see them coming and pull out the heavy guns, which have no effect. You would think that they would have some anti-witch defense, but we have no idea what harms a witch, and seemingly neither do they. Was the firebombing supposed to be a first strike thing? Better get them all because one witch can obliterate our entire fleet in 37 seconds. And when Queen Ruta goes to the ship where the only question mark member of her clan is being tortured, why leave the cardinal alive or anyone, especially the person in the room actually torturing and having gained knowledge from the prisoner? And how did the magisterium capture a witch in the first place? Had she not yet passed the quest that allows her supreme killer dust form? Some clear definitions the extant of powers would lead to there being some stakes we can emotionally get behind because right now it seems like they can send maybe five or six acolyte level witches to raise the entire magisterium and not bother looking back. I think that's a fair point. I think that... In the show, the witches are maybe a little bit more powerful than they are in the books. There are a lot of things, as far as the witches go, that they are sort of skipping past by making them more powerful. During that interrogation scene with the witch, uh, it was Serafina Pecola in there in the book, and she was using a spell to be invisible. But she kept having to focus on it, and Mrs. Coulter did eventually discover her because of her, you know, crazy force of will or whatever. And that was a whole thing, and it was much harder for her to do what mm -hmm. she was there to do. And she definitely didn't kill everyone on the path out. But the witches are sort of a plot device, it feels like, in the show more so than the books. Yeah, I've got a I've got a bunch of excuses that I can make for them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've asked some. I mean, I asked them, and I I feel like for me were important questions at the beginning of the episode about what they know and what they don't, and that makes sense. But mm -hmm. um, you know, when I see, and I had the same kind of question when we watched the trailer. We see the witches move through the same kind of specter dust that specters move in. So I think with the trailer, there was you know, both of those things going on. But I think the, I think what you're supposed to take away is that when they're moving at their fastest, you can see that kind of witch dust behind them. But, you know, they still maybe take this corporeal form when they arrive to do damage. So I don't think it's, it's, I don't think you can go around as like a specter dust type of thing and go and kill everyone. I think they just flew really fast into the room 
They came there just to kill or mercy kill the one witch, but all the doors were open. You know, they didn't magic their way through. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think that Ruta Scotty did get held up or maybe saw that the Cardinal was there and that's your chance to take out the head of this entire organization. Why would you, maybe they didn't know who Mrs. Coulter was. Why would you stop to take out every mook along the way? But you do see that the head of everything is there. So get your revenge on him and then get the fuck out of there. I mean, she, she did definitely take a swipe at him, but for some reason, plot, I'm assuming <laughs> for some reason he doesn't die immediately, unlike all those other people. Right, and it's not like she kill she injured him to let him live. I think she maybe thought that was a fatal attack. Yeah, and the only reason he did live was so that Mrs. Coulter could encourage the current cardinal to take some action and you know really own that situation. That was my read on it. But you're right. There's it's a lot of superpowers, but it's magic, so we might not get all of those answers. But I, it made sense to me. That's all I'm saying. No, it definitely makes sense. It just it does. It feels like it cheapens it somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I did make that point a couple episodes back too. You know, if you got all of the witches together, they could just clean house. Seems like it. Yeah. But I don't think that violence is really their solution. I think it's more of a, a necessity in life. You know, violence was done upon them. So, you know, make it right or however, however you look at it. Charles also says, you mentioned a couple of times to follow you on social media, <laughs> but then do not give out the handles. Okay. I can see in our outro that we usually say we give out the social media handle for the network. It's at Swizzbold. We're not giving out our, our, our personal handles, which is why that might no. be confusing. Yeah. Um, they're out there to find, but I'm not here to plug. I'm not here to plug <laughs> yeah. my Twitter account. So I was going to say, <laughs> like, if you if you want to see a lot of fucking cat pictures, sure, go follow us. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say my ad either. But yeah, no, it's we're out there. It's not hard to find. But yeah. if you if you want to follow and get news about his mark his mark rant, rant. <laughs> his mark materials <laughs> if you want to follow us and get you know info about what we're covering and what we're doing as a network follow at Swizzbold or at Bald Move um, you'll probably see us interacting in there. Our next feedback is from Danielle. My feedback is a little bit all over the place. Just like our episodes. Thank you. <laughs> Finally, someone who's at our speed. I love yeah. the most recent episode, The Scholar. It spoke to me as a woman and as a woman in academia. As Cecily mentioned, the quote from Miss Coulter, if you actually got me, you wouldn't begin to know what to do with me. It was the best. I think most women could relate to that moment. Yes. I didn't hear you mention this, but Phoebe Waller-Bridge is the voice of Hot Priest Demon, which I thought was perfect. Alexis, I cannot re recommend Fleabag enough. It is hard to describe <laughs> because it is hilarious, yet also tackles serious issues and is heartbreaking at times. Yeah. I'm definitely, I'm going to check it out this break. So that was my reminder that, uh, 
I want to say hot priest, but I'm not going to do it. Japari. <laughs> Japari has a demon, appears to Lee and Hester while they're in a boat and leads mm-hmm. them to where Japari actually is. Right. Which I think is the only time she has speaking lines. So, yes, I did miss that. But that's really cool. Really cool. Uh, it's a really cool nod. Danielle also says, finally, I saw the story about a parent super fan, Ed Sheeran, naming his daughter Lyra Antarctica Seaborn. And I thought of y'all. Wow. And she links to a story about how Ed Sheeran has named his daughter after uh, his dark material. Are those all his dark materials call 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 outs? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. What was the, what was the third one? <laughs> Lyra Antarctica Seaborn. Mm, I don't know what Seaborn's all about, but I mean, Antarctica. Yeah, sure. The North. The generic North. <laughs> yeah. All right. That is, that is pretty cool. Hopefully Ed's listening to the podcast. Rate and review <laughs> us on iTunes, I guess. Hey, Ed. I love you in Game <laughs> of Thrones. <laughs> uh, our last feedback of this week is from Jamie. I'm so glad you guys are podcasting on the show again. My sister and I are book readers and show watchers, and I love having more people to discuss the show with. Yes, so do we. Uh, mm-hmm. We're we're the proud few who have stuck around. Right. Jamie says, did you notice that when Marissa, or Mrs. Coulter, as she's otherwise known, changed her clothes in Boreal's house, she not only redid her hair, she also repainted her fingernails from red to a dark green. I did not notice the nails. She's so extra, and I love that about her. Oh, wow. Where did she get the nail polish? She <sighs> travels with it. She's got to. Uh, you know, uh, some some bold standout colors to match any outfit or complement <laughs> any outfit. Totally. Uh, I loved her nail color in this episode, just as a side note. This this gold she's she's doing. Yeah. So good for a murderess. <laughs> <laughs> I really sympathize with her being kept down in a misogynistic world led by a crazy religious cult, but she's also a terrible person. Like, really awful. Yep. Ruth Wilson is amazing, and she really killed it this episode. Side note, in my headcanon, Boreal does drag shows in his spare time, hence all the readily available women's clothing. It seems like it's the wrong size, but I like the theory. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I don't think... Uh, I don't think they wear the same size. I don't think Boreal's a jeans man or queen, jeans queen. But uh, yeah. That's he could be. Just I, a... I would like to see that, but <laughs> I don't think but he We'll is, never no. see it now. We'll never get confirmation on oh. that. Oh, man. When the character dies, the actor dies too. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot that's how that worked. Well, now you know. Damn. So many celebrity deaths in this episode. <laughs> This episode of the podcast, let alone the episode itself. Yeah. Jamie continues, I agree with Alexis. Show Will is much more interesting than book Will. He and Lyra have great chemistry, which is so important to the journey they take in the books. I need to see the show's take on the batshit craziness of the Amber Spyglass. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You guys keep that between you for right now. Okay. (laughs) I didn't realize it before but it seems like all of the really crazy crazy stuff does just happen in the third book i've been waiting for some of the things that i was remembering happened later in the story and mm-hmm. no they're straight up they're all listen you think you've seen crazy you, you don't even know crazy. 
You don't even know. <laughs> like Britney Spears. I'll show you crazy. Oh, no. I love... I love the chemistry between Lyra and Will, too. Like, these two... Mm-hmm. You know, Will on his own just seeming very lost in the world, just trying to take care of his mother and just trying to to get by, didn't have much personality to it. And that's not to blame for the actor. It's just, you know, when Lyra and Will get together, they really they really spark. And I love that. You know, they're they're complement each other's personality. They do. And we're getting to see whole new sides of these two characters. We're getting to see Will be less responsible. Mm-hmm. at times and be a little more angry and frustrated yeah and lyra and being a little bit more of a protector exactly the the wiser calmer one which has not been lyra's role up till now <laughs> yeah yeah her trying to you know encourage will to make the right choices to go back to their world just to get help and healing but mm-hmm. yeah yeah i love that this this is good Good cast here. Jamie says, P.S. As a book reader, I used to read Chittagatse as Cigarette in My Head, which is so, so incorrect. I'm glad I finally know how to pronounce it. I hope you're not learning it from me. (laughs) (laughs) P.S. Alexis, what is your demon's name? Their takes on episodes four and five were quite insightful. I would like to subscribe to their newsletter. Astrid, she's great. When she's not being an asshole. She doesn't have shit to say about this episode, though, so she's being kind she of an didn't, asshole No, tonight. she's snoozing. She's snoozing. Snooze. Snoozing on the cast. All right, that's all the feedback we've got this week. If you have any feedback you want to send to us, you can email us at entertainment at swizzbolt.com. That link is also in the show notes. You can find us on all of social media at swizzbold. There you have it. Those are our call signs. Those are our tags <laughs> at Swizzbold. That's where you find us on all of the social medias. <laughs> to reiterate. <laughs> this podcast would not be possible without our Patreon supporters. You can become a patron yourself if you're not already at patreon.com slash Swizzbold. Right now, I want to especially thank all of our Fred Level patrons by name. Angelo Morano, Arvind Rao, Brandon DeVito, Byron Rasmussen, George Pieperdell, Greg Rasp, James Taylor, Jared Harrelman, Lisa Singleton, Jordan Hoyt, Kira Grusho, Laura Luthi, Mark Hahn, Dave Satterley, Slava Kasraliovic, and Anoka Young. We'll see you for the next episode. Thanks, guys. Bye. Oh, it's it. There's some loud purrs. <laughs>